Welcome back to I Hate International Football. Get me out of here. What a Oh, your beauty. International footy is done and dusted till March. Rob, Travis, how good does that feel? Four months of pure Premier League, Champions League, and unfortunately for me, Europa League ball. It's oh, amazing. Apple's trick of trials are just about to start, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we made it the third. Uh, September, October, November, three international breaks, all done. And now it's the playoffs only in uh, March, as far as I know. So other than a bit of a mid-season break at the end of January, which I think, if it's the same as last time, they stagger it. So half the teams will have a week off. So the other half will play and then the other half will have. So hopefully that's just a clean... Two weeks with some ball, not no ball at all. But anyway, we'll worry about that towards the end of January. Robert, thanks for joining us again. Travis, as always, thanks. Let's get straight into it. Arsenal uh, away to Brentford. Um, we've got to start right at the top, Rob. Aaron Ramsdale's dad going on podcasts. It definitely has an element of John Fury thinking he's the main event <laughs> just because Tyson Fury is the champion of the world. Aaron Ramsdale... Dad, what on earth was he thinking? And how much must Mikel Arteta hate um, Aaron Ramsdale's dad now? There's no I positive it, outcome from this, is nah, there? I, I think it's just more evidence as to why he's not in the side. I think there's been a, a breakdown in communication between Arteta and Ramsdale. When that's happened, I'm not sure. He's looked at Raya. And seen that as an opportunistic signing, a signing that he could make because he was obviously he obviously was thinking going into the season, um, I'll stick with Ramsdale, but if something comes along, I'll try and get a keeper because there's clearly been a breakdown in communication between Ramsdale and Arteta, and it feels as though now I remember saying on a pod not long ago that I felt he would go in the summer, but I feel now there's a possibility he could probably go in January because. He's his camper. His camper are pushing, and and they're releasing stuff like like the podcast that suggests that he's obviously not happy at the club, and it's clear the manager's not happy with him at the club. So I think if they get some good money for him in January, I think he'll go. I've not listened to the podcast myself. Uh, I've, comments, only, though. I've seen snippet. I've seen snippets from the podcast, and felt as though. His dad was a little bit disrespectful to Raya. It's some of the some of the things that he was saying, and it's just a little bit embarrassing. Whether that's whether Ramsdale's dad spoke to to um, Aaron himself before and said, "Look, I'm going to do this podcast," but surely you know if your dad's going on like on to do a podcast and you're having that conversation and saying, "Look, dad." I don't really want you saying this. I don't really want you saying that. Or you, or you just saying, don't really want you to go on the podcast full stop. At so, all. I'm a grown no, man. Let me deal with this and leave in January if that is the outcome. Ex ex exactly. But the problem is now, he's, he's got to play. He's got to play on Saturday, of course. So, Well, this it, is it, isn't it? Yeah. As luck would have it, it's Brentford next. Raya is kind of cup-tied, so to speak, as in he can't play against his parent club. No. <laughs> it's just awkward everywhere you look at it. And are we going to get, are we going to get, because when Raya came in, everyone was talking about, this will show you how good Aaron Ramsdale is. He's going to fight for his place. He's going to, you know, his performances are going to, are going to go to another level. But the time he's come out was against West Ham in the League Cup and he had a really poor game. 
And now this is his second opportunity to show, you know, are we going to get a are we going to get a top top performance from Ramsdale, or are we going to get a performance where it feels like he's down tools already and he just wants out the club? That's my worry going into the weekend. We've got a keeper that isn't happy at the club, clearly. Um, Travis, mm. was it naive of Aaron Ramsdale? Let's be honest, this is on Aaron Ramsdale. As Rob just alluded to, he would have known that his dad was gone on this podcast and give it the green light. Is it naive? Should he have just said, just stay off it, let me deal with it? Um, and it's obviously put him in this horrendous position on Saturday now. Um, yeah. As Rob kind of said, he's got to pull out a worldie out of the bag or it's just going to intensify the speculation, the pressure even more. It's just, there was no positive outcome of this. I'm in shock, basically. Yeah, he definitely had to take control of the situation, like you said, with your dad going on the, on the podcast, speaking about sort of his current career and the situation, it, it was never going to end well, whatever his dad said about the situation. Because his dad, all parents, I'm not a parent, but I kind of envisage all parents are going to be protective of the children no matter what. So he's, he's only saying from a natural standpoint how he feels about the situation and how Aaron's probably feel uh, feels about it behind closed doors and has probably told him that in confidence. But to come out in a podcast, like you said, it is a bit naive. It's a bit silly of him to come and do that. But if you rewind back to when this situation sort of started and occurred and the transfer was happening, I know we used to have bants on Twitter about it, but it, it was just never going to end well. Do you know what I mean? Two pretty good keepers fighting for one spot. I think goalkeeper is the one position where you just can't have two top quality people fighting for one position. One is always going to be unhappy, especially in Arsenal's position, fighting for the big trophies like the Champions League and the league. You just can't really play a goalkeeper who you don't rate as much as the other keeper. It doesn't make sense when you're fighting on all fronts. So I think the writing was on the wall. As soon as Arsenal went in for Raya, I think Ramsdale's time was up, let's be honest. And, and I think you're just seeing the fruits of that bearing now. Like you just, I don't think there's any way back for him. And especially now, I think this is the nail in the coffin with, with his dad's comments. I don't think there's any way back from him. Now, regardless of how he does at the weekend. Yeah. I just, I just don't see him getting back into the team. I, I mean, I saw a report today that they're triggering the permanent deal now. I think it's 27 million either in January or in the summer. And if that's made permanent, then then Ramsdale might as well just start looking, unfortunately. Um, as Rob said, I think it was a bit embarrassing they actually name-checked David Rea, wasn't he? Didn't have to do that. Stick up for your own son if you have to go on a podcast, which I think all three of us can agree didn't have to. But to name-check David Rea, like you say, it was a bit muggy towards him, to kind of say he doesn't agree with the way Mikel Arteta has dealt with this situation. That's never going to end well. It, it was just naive every way you look at it. But to also, on top of that, his dad also called Jamie Carragher out on Twitter, didn't he? Because Carragher said during that Super Sunday, and I can't yeah. remember who you were playing, but Raya made a great save and the cameras panned to Ramsdale and he was like, it's oh, a game, yeah. North yeah. London Derby. North and Carragher was like... Ignore that smile on his face. He's absolutely hating that. He cannot believe he's lost his um, place on the pitch. And um, Ramsdale's dad tweeted something back as though that shows a lack of class from you or something like that. Um, and Carragher even mentioned it like his dad's coming for him. But at the end of it all, it's Ramsdale's dad that showed the lack of class by going on and pretty much slagging off Raya and Arteta. Well, I I'm in a position with, uh, with the situation where, look, I, I Arteta's got enough in the bank and enough credit 
to make this decision and the fans back him. That you know that this is what he wants, and I think he's got enough credit in the bank for us to go. Okay, Ramsdale's a good keeper, but he thinks Raya is better. I don't. I think it was more of an opportunity. I think there was obviously the breakdown in communication was happening, and Arteta wanted to get a keeper quickly, and he saw David Raya as maybe not better, but as good as Aaron Ramsdale, and it was an opportunity for him to bring in someone because supposedly Ramsdale's been leaking stuff to the press regarding players being injured. He's supposedly got someone at the Daily Mail called. So I don't, I don't know if you've heard of a journalist called Sambi Mokul. I think it was. Yeah, 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 Mokul. Suppose yeah. supposedly Ramsdale's camp's been leaking information. So, for example, um, players getting injured because Arteta's big on players. Before games, if there's injuries, keeping it under wraps. You know, every single time well, he does an interview. Yeah, yeah. So the, you know, every time he does an interview before the weekend, we've already got we've always got eight injuries, but seven of them end up playing because he's very much <laughs> likes to he's very much likes to keep that under wraps. And supposedly Ramsdale was leaking in information to the Daily Mail, so it's all starting to unravel. And I think once he does leave the club. He's Ramsdale is not the sort of person to keep quiet, and I think we're really going to find out what's actually happened between Arteta and Ramsdale. Mm. Why is uh, why is Ramsdale's dad so shocked at this? This is football. Like, His Andy son did the Andy... same thing. His son did the same thing to Burnt Leno. His son did exactly the same thing. Leno was the keeper at the beginning yeah. of the season. Ramsdale came in. Leno played the first three, four games, and then Ramsdale came in. That, yeah, exactly. he, he did exactly the same thing to Bern Leno. And to be fair to Leno, he took it. He took it as a proper professional. He's gone off to Fulham. I would well. say, and he's doing really, really well. And he probably in the next couple of years might be looking at moving back to a top, you know, top six club or top or move somewhere abroad to a to a European club. So there's ways that you deal with things, and that. Yeah, and for me personally, as a manager of other clubs, I'd be a little bit put off by the way that Ramsdale's dealt with this. Yeah. Hundred percent, um, and like I said ten minutes ago, that firmly on Ramsdale because he would have authorized this. But it's like Ramsdale and his dad a bit half sharp because when Andy Robertson took Alberto Moreno's left back spot in the Liverpool team like five years ago, Alberto Moreno's grand wasn't tweeting saying it's disgusting that Alberto Moreno's lost his left back spot. Like, why is this such a, a shock to him? This is football; it happens all the time. Do you know what I think? I think personally, like in because we're in England, a lot of the English players have got a lot of power and they've got a lot of clout and they feel that they can they've got a lot of agents and people speaking for them and they leak to the press and they get this leverage. Like Maguire does it at United. Do you know what I mean? As soon as he was out the team, things were getting leaked left, right, and center. <laughs> and I and I just see it the same with Ramsdale, like now Maguire's I mean, mum tweets something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maguire's <laughs> mum was on it as well. Like See, that's interesting you said that, Rob, about the leaks, because we go on about United and United are a hot topic at the moment. And we talk about leaks, but we don't talk as a United fan, apart from when I'm on the podcast, they don't really talk about other clubs, players leaking stuff to the press a lot. So for you to give me that insight, it's quite refreshing because I only thought that happened at United's dressing room. But, but it was happening. It was happening before, and what did Arteta do? He nipped it in the bud immediately. And I yeah. think this is what he's trying to do with this situation. He's trying to nip this in the bud immediately and show the players that are at the club now, the standards haven't slipped. You know, we've got we've got to where we are at the moment. 
by being a team, by keeping everything in the dressing room. And even if Ramsdale's leak one or two little stories, it doesn't matter to Arteta. That will be the that will be the end for Ramsdale because he is so so much fixated on keeping things in house. And yeah. it's clear that it's clear that he hasn't done that. Yeah, it doesn't just go on at Manchester United, goes on at other clubs, but it's how how you deal with it. It can spiral out. You don't, you know, you don't know who Ramsdale's best friends are in that dressing room. Is Ben White one of his best friends? And then Ben White wants to side with Ramsdale. You just don't know. So you have to nip no. it in the bud from from the get go. You have to nip it, and that's what I think that's what the the manager's trying to do. Um, let's move on to more positive. Um, I feel like we're gonna say this on every single Arsenal stream, Rob, Declan Rice for England. He absolutely runs the show. Um, Trav, would you agree with me that obviously we've hinted that Arteta has become a little bit of a tinker man? Basically, all Arteta had to do, and you might agree with me, Rob, was last season's side that was so good, so impressive, went so close to winning the league. All they had to do was drop a Declan Rice in there and then go again this season. Um, He really is He's a game-changer. Um, he's fast, fantastic for England uh, on the internationals, especially the last game against North Macedonia. Uh, watch the second half. I just I don't watch that many England games. They bore me to tears. But I thought, I'm going to sit down and watch the second half. Declan Rice was the only player on the field that came out of it with any credit. Um, I don't know if you watched it, Trav, but your boy Rashford came on and had the worst 15 <laughs> minutes I've seen uh, from a professional footballer since Ali Dia had 15 minutes for Southampton. <laughs> was he bad? He was horrendous. Oh, God. Yeah, but going back to your point, I think Arteta, in terms of the tinker man, I think he's had key injuries in key spots, like the party injury would be the big one. I think he's not been able to stay fit and get going this season. He's been quite inconsistent with the amount of game time that he's had. So I think Rice has probably played the six more than he's either wanted to or Arteta's wanted to play him there. He can do it. He can do it excellently, but... I think party rice is the combo that everyone wants. Then obviously Odegaard's got injured as well. So I don't think he's been able to field his best team. And then you couple that with Jesus, Timber's injury from pre-season, Zinchenko's missed the chunk of the pre-season as well. So don't take it for granted. Arsenal have had more injuries than you'd probably think about when you think about it. They've, they've, they've had to patch up a lot of their squad. And I think the players that have played quite a lot, I know Saka's just recently got injured, but... They've been very consistent. Tommy Asu's done well. I don't class him as a squad player because I think he's a top player. He's quite unlucky that he's not starting. He's got so much quality ahead of him. I think he's a really top draw player. So, yeah, I think it's been down to them not being able to put their first team out. But I think it's testament to how strong the squad is and how good the manager is in the setup. Because, like you said, with the injuries that they've got, they've still managed to get the results in style. I mean, one defeat in the league, they're going great guns, they're right in the mix and I expect him to be around there at the end of the season. Rob, Declan Rice, you must pinch yourself. Liverpool are never going to be in for a Declan Rice. 100 million, maybe one day will stretch to him, but obviously he's come in for a pretty penny wages wise. Um, he'd have had a, a wage rise from West Ham. Let, let's be honest, he must be on quarter of a million a week. Would I be about right there? And Liverpool do not sign players like that. You must pinch yourself. You've got him. And that's it. Boxed off for the next 10 years. Yeah. They were were saying, uh, I think Saka's probably the highest earner at the club. I think maybe on 250. So I'm I'm guessing Rice is is around that that region. But just before we came on the pod, 
uh, Rice has actually been promoted uh, in terms of the leadership group at England. So I think that shows what, when you look at the players in that England squad, uh, I think it shows you, you know, where people in this country see Declan Rice now as a player. I didn't think he was going to be as good as he, he has been. I don't know if I was just a little bit clouded by watching West Ham games and maybe me not seeing him so so ball dominant in terms of on the ball, you know, dictating games of play. But obviously when you're at Arsenal and you get a lot more possession, then that gives you the chance to show those skills. So yeah, he, he still he's still got room for development in that area, I think, in the six. A hundred percent. Because for me, he can run a game in a totally <clears throat> different different way to the way Thomas Party runs a game. In terms of, I think Rice can run a game with his energy and his ball recoveries and and don't get me wrong, his passing's good, but I think if you can get Thomas Party on the ball on the half turn, he can absolutely, yeah, he can absolutely kill you. And I think that's what Odegaard's missed massively this season. I know he's missed a lot of football, but I think he's missed his mate in their party who just gets the ball and pops them balls in, in between the line for Odegaard to get on the half turn and start to create spaces for, uh, start to create passes for Jesus, uh, Jesus, Martinelli and Saka when they play. But yeah, Rice has been absolutely phenomenal. And, it just would be a big worry if he does touch wood. It doesn't pick up any injuries from now to the end of the season because I think when it comes to the crunch games, you know, if we get into the knockouts of the Champions League and uh, you know games away at City, Anfield, I think he can really be a difference maker for us this year. Travis, I'm going to ask you this first. Uh, Rob is a bit of a pessimist when talking about Arsenal, uh, certainly in terms of <laughs> uh, predicting scores. Like Sheffield United, I think, did you say 2-0 or 2-1? I said 5-0 and got it right. That's and I'm a bit of a two pessimist. Nil. That's a 3-0, yeah. And I, uh, I'm i a bit of a pessimist with Liverpool. Um, so I'm going to ask you first, Trav. Do you think Liverpool or Arsenal are in a title race? Yeah. Or a, or a Man City just... Nah, I think, both, I think you both are. I think Man City are definitely the favourites in the box seat, a point clear. They've got the squad, been there and done it. <laughs> But you just never know. I mean, you just don't know what City not are going to prioritise, but you don't know what injuries they're going to get. I mean, I think Robot picked up a knock on international. He's fine, <laughs> man. He's fine, man. some replacement matches or something. <laughs> yeah. You just don't know what's going to happen with Man City. I'm not saying that they're not the favourites. They definitely are. definitely are. But Arsenal and Liverpool have definitely got the squads to win the league. And the managers to win the league. Arsenal got a little bit less experience in Liverpool in terms of going for the league and sustaining that challenge. But like you got, like it's all new to Arteta. This is his first management job. Job. I think he's done really, really well. And like you said, he's in. I think this is his fourth full year. This is going to be. I think, or is it his fourth full year? Yeah. Yes. So it, it, it'll be wiser from last year, even though you just narrowly missed out. I think he'll have more experience this year. Um, so, yeah, I think both teams are definitely in a title race for sure. I think Man City will be just looking over the shoulder, slightly worried about, like, this game on Saturday, obviously, between you two is going to be a huge game. Um, and Arsenal, if they can capitalise, one of them is going to drop points. You just you just don't know. So all Arsenal got to do is hang in there, see what they do in January, see what the squad's going to look like. I'm not sure if they'll dip into the market. There's a big outlay in the summer. I don't know what they'll prioritise. If there's a striker sniffing about that, they can get in just to get him over the line for the to, into the end of the season. But no, we'll see. But they're definitely in the title race for me, Arsenal, yeah. Rob? 
Yeah, we're in the title race. So I don't think we. I don't. On, then. Of course we are. Like we we're are, all giddy because right? international breaks over, yeah. isn't it? We're in a title yeah, race. Exactly. Yeah, we're in a title. We're in a title race. No, nah, they're in a title in, race in, until it's Visa. Then me, it's four. No, but yeah, we. Yeah. Uh, as things stand, I think you definitely have to say we are in the mix. We're definitely in the mix. We just need to get some players back. We need to get our players back. Odegaard's back this weekend, which will be good. Jesus played 90 minutes for Brazil. I don't think he'll start. I think he'll start Eddie because he played on Tuesday going into Wednesday over here. And then obviously he's got to travel back and he's just come back from injury. But we just need to get the players back fit. Uh, and I think obviously how far we get in the Champions League is going to have a massive, massive part to play in that. Because if we do get to the latter stages of the Champions League, we might have to prioritise one and think which one have we got a better chance of winning because we're not the man. People need to realise we are not Man City. We are not Man City. And to an extent, I don't think we're Liverpool. I think when Liverpool are ticking and Liverpool, I think Liverpool are probably on foot, like when they're playing at the best, they're probably better than Arsenal. So, yeah, we, we've got a lot of work to do, but I'm just happy with where we are at the moment. Uh, not to digress, do you think Liverpool are in a title race then, Rob? Yeah, I do think you are. Yeah, I think you've got the firepower. I think you've got the firepower. I think you can, you're different to us in a way that you'll always score goals. Where I do think there's games for Arsenal where we might struggle to score goals. I think we're very, I think we're very good defensively this year, but I always think Liverpool can, Liverpool can, uh, uh, Liverpool can go to the Etihad and score three goals. I don't think Arsenal can go to the Etihad and score three goals. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, music to me is that is I don't think we're in a tight race. I think the lack of a CDM or a top draw CDM, should I say, is going to cost us. That could change in January if we enter the market. And I've got fingers crossed that we do. Um, but I just think an injury to Allison, an injury to Van Dyke, an injury to Salah, and it's curtains for us. And for that reason, we're relying on pure luck to get to the end of the season and mount a challenge. Um, but but I'm I, happy I do... that you both think we're in a tight, tight race. I'll take that all day long. Mm. But I th- I think if Haaland gets injured for a period of time, it's going to affect them massively. I know they've got great players, but of course, if Liverpool lose Salah, if we lose Saka, if we lose any sort of players, but I, 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 do, I do think Liverpool will be there towards the end. But you might just miss out. And the reason you miss out is because, like you said, you didn't sign a DM. But I think you will be within 10, with 10 games to go in the mix. He's the I'll one in Haaland. Like, I don't want to digress, but... I think he's the one that just takes it away from everyone. Like they don't it's have scary. To it's, it's scary when he does dip out though, and they just slot Alvarez in a more advanced position. And yeah. It's like they don't even miss him. Kevin De Bruyne hasn't kicked the ball this season, not mm. missed him. Bernardo Silva under about, the radar. I'm talking about fifteen games without Haaland. Well, well, yeah, like a long stretch of games, they would massively miss him. But I'm talking about when they're not playing well. And you just still know he's gonna bag. It's just, it's just so annoying. Like you just know he's going to score no matter what. Do you know what but I mean? They, it's, it's just disgusting the consistency, they, man. They've got variety to their play though. When he plays, they can literally get to the byline, and it yeah. doesn't even have to be a good ball. They just do that little dink ball, That's and they expect him to be there. But when he's not there, fifteen games, you know, the dynamics of their team does change a little bit. Yeah, so. I think they can, of course, they can cope without Haaland for three, four games. But can they cope without Haaland for fifty, for ten to fifteen games? Yeah, they probably, of course, they can. They can, but it's definitely going to have an effect on them, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, back to Arsenal. 
Rob, give us the inside info for international break. Who's picked up an injury? Who might play? Who might not play? What do you know? Uh, I think everyone came back with a clean bill of health. We signed a new left back. Have you heard about that? We signed Kai no. Havertz. He played two games for Germany at <laughs> left back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, mean, I, heard, I, I was like, that. I'm sure the window's <laughs> So, yeah, so I reckon the team at the weekend will be uh, Ramsdale in goal, Habits at left back. <laughs> Have you not heard? He played two games. Yeah, did he, he play well? Did he play well? He scored, he scored. <laughs> was it left wing back or no, full no. left back? He played left back. No, <laughs> played, no. And uh, uh, what's the uh, German coach? Is it? Uh, what's his name again? The, the ex uh, Munich manager. Nagelsmann. Yeah, yeah, He was saying that he that he sees uh, Havertz playing there in the Euros. Mad. So apart from the goal, did uh, he do what? Didn't watch it. it. Do you know? Do you know? You get the YouTube clips where you can like watch a performance, and it's like yeah. two minutes, just every there, every touch. It just looks stiff. It just, <laughs> the, do you know, like a left back. It just, it just looked so uncomfortable. Yeah, but, but yeah, supposedly he played okay there. But yeah, yeah. isn't Kai Havertz a bit of an oddball as well? You can imagine him uh, retiring from international football off the back of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't believe it when I seen he's playing left back. But yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, we did. We didn't pick up any injuries. We obviously had the uh, the whole situation with Jesus going to the Brazil national team, where we were a bit upset that he'd gone. They wanted to take him there and do their own checks because I think we've had a little a little to and throw with Brazil recently, where we had Martinelli, who we said was injured, and then straight after the international break, he played. So they did their own checks on him. He didn't play the first game, but then he played 90 minutes against Argentina on Wednesday. So that's actually quite a good thing for us. He got a game under his belt, so hopefully he can get half an hour at the weekend. Uh, and Tomiyasu, I think the Japanese national team, they gave him a rest, which was good because he's obviously a big player for them and they know that he's had a heavy load coming back from an injury himself. So they, uh, I don't think they played him. So, but yeah, we've got a clean bill of health and a new left back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I have a left back. Oh, the shots just keep coming. Um, what about Odegaard, Rob? Is Odegaard back? Yeah, he's, he's back in Should training. Should I consider him for my FPL team? Yeah, I think he'll start. I think he'll be back in the team. He, he was... Uh, I think Norway Norway couldn't qualify, could they? So I think they were they were pretty okay with him staying back with Arsenal. So he stayed back with Arsenal, and uh, he was in the training pictures today. So he should be uh, he should be good to go at the weekend. Nice. nice. Um, let's head straight to the score predictions. Travis, you go first. Obviously, we, me, and you both know Brentford this season. You beat them two one at OT with two injury time McTominay goals, and Liverpool absolutely sourced them three 0 at Anfield two weeks ago. So we've got experience of Brentford this season without Ivan Tony. Are they going to cause Arsenal a problem? Um, they're not the same Brentford as we've seen in the last couple of seasons, are they? I think they've they've dropped off a little bit. Like you said, I think the Tony thing has affected them massively in terms of their goal output. They're not they're not a side that I know you blasted them, but normally they're not a side that concedes lots of goals, and they're also a side that don't normally score a lot as well. The games are normally tight, so I think it will still be a test for Arsenal, just from that physical element with Mbwemo and, like I said, Whistler up top. They'll have a lot of legs. They'll cause Arsenal some problems, but I just think Arsenal will just have that little bit too much quality for them. I think 
I think 2-0 Arsenal, personally. I don't think Brentford will score, but I think they will make it difficult. But I think Arsenal will just nick it. 2-0. 2-0. Rob? I'm going to go. Come on, i got to go for a win. And I've got to pick a win one week. When we got Luton, I can pick a win that week. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think... I think we'll win 2-0. I'm actually very interested to see how Brentford will set up because <clears throat> I'm interested to see will they will they put men behind the ball, let us dictate the play and then try and hit us on the break because in Umbuemo and Vissa, like Trav said, they've got two of the probably the best players on the counter-attack in the league or yeah. will they will they think, let's have a go at them, which I think would suit us better. I'd rather them have a go at us, to be honest. Yeah, and, the game, the, and the game opens up a little bit. But I'm going to go 2-1. We've got some good fixtures coming up now. I think this is, if we can get a win here, we've then got Wolves at home <clears> and Luton away. And I think we will be in a good position. But uh, yeah, this is this is the big game this is. And uh, I think we'll win 2-1. Nice one. Uh, just to inform you both, I've got Arsenal in last man standing. Uh, it's a real oh, tough week this week. It's oh, real tough. Straight after international break as well. It's dodgy. <laughs> Arsenal will do it, but it's dodgy. It is a dodgy. Well, it's not just that. I don't know if you looked at the 10 fixtures. There's not a gimme in there. Yeah, no. Oh, got, yeah. Like, Luton, really Luton at home to, so, I think it's Bournemouth or something. I just can't rely on anything. Everton at home, that's now done. But yeah, I've took Arsenal. Um, don't be... Fooled by the Liverpool three Brentford. Now I don't know if any has caught any of the game, but Brentford were sharp, as Rob just mm. said on the counter attack. They caused us problems, especially Brent in the first half. Yeah, Brentford are a good team, and you got to remember really the two games. The games against Liverpool and United were at home, so they're at their home this time, and that obviously always makes a makes a massive massive difference. Uh, yeah, you absolutely. guys were saying they're not doing too well, but I'm sure they're they're in the top ten, aren't they? Which is probably where they were last year. Where are they? T top ten. I've not I looked at the table. About tenth, there may be about tenth. I'm just saying in terms of the performance levels, like yeah, I, I just don't think, like yeah, you said, I think, they caught, I think they caught everybody by surprise when they got promoted. I don't think everybody expected them to be as good as they were, and then they carried on, they carried that on and kicked on. But I just think this year they're just finding it a little bit more difficult. I think the Tony thing is a huge factor, though. Obviously, they're taking 15 goals out of their team. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, they've lost Christian Eriksen as well, who was dictating from deep. So that they were two big losses for them. And they've lost their keeper. And they've lost their keeper. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. they've spine in the team. So it's not really a surprise. I think, like you said, I think from a performance standpoint, they have just dipped off a little bit. They're still, they're not going to go down or anything daft like that. They're strong. Like, you said the physical they went to Stamford Bridge and got three points and like you said I expect them to probably play like they did against Chelsea soak it up maybe a little three at the back couple of wing backs and that dead tight play on the counter it'll be, it'll be hot it will be difficult for Arsenal but I just think ultimately the quality of Arsenal will just be a little bit too much for him I think a lot yeah. of Arsenal's games this year are going to be if we get the first goal we'll win yeah because we, we're all about that controlling element and if we mm. can get that first goal I think the mentality of the players yeah, now is, OK, now you come on to us and then that's when we'll try and pop you off. I really like yeah. that Jensen as well, who plays for Brentford. He's a really good yeah. player. So you've well, got to keep your eye on him as well. Uh, and not forgetting, it's a London derby. Um, yeah. And it's at Brentford. And they're a quality side, like we've, we've just said. They've lost a few players. Obviously, they could do with Ivan Tony, But my score prediction is a goals galore, 3-2 to Arsenal. Would you, oh, would you, you would you have lost though, Scott? We've, we've not lost in 14 uh, derbies, London derbies, in our last 14. 
So we're due a loss. Just to let you know. Are you that. worried about? Are you worried about the game in any way? Like I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm always worried about when Arsenal play. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just. I think any. I think any away game in the Premier League's tough. And yeah. this is Brentford away is not a gimme. No way is Brentford away a gimme. Luton away wasn't a gimme for Liverpool. So Brentford away is going to be even less of a gimme. <laughs> I'll tell you what, these teams are picking up um, their form, like Luton, Sheffield United. It's, I look at the fixtures now, there's not really any gimmies. Maybe Burnley um, think, would be a bit of a gimme, but they've... I, I think the other teams are only fine. scared of Man City. I think that's the team that, that only, like, the other teams in the league are actually scared of, petrified of. Yeah. I think the other teams believe that they can get points off everyone else on their day. But Man yeah. City... They probably believe they can't. Not that they can't, but you know. Yeah. But then Man City will lose to Wolves. They're Man City are prone to losing away to Palace, like weird games yeah. like that. Um, yeah, it's interesting, man. Uh, right, lads. Cheers for your time. Let's head into the weekend. Um, if anyone's made it this far, don't forget to like and, of course, subscribe to the channel if you're new. Me and Obi are going to be on tomorrow at half five to do a Man City versus Liverpool preview. We're going to do a combined 11. Rob if, and Trav, if any, you can, can join for that. That'll be great to give a bit of balance and not let me and Obi fill it with all 11 Liverpool players. That'll be cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be on and off over the weekend. Um, sorry, Roll, what are you going to say? I was going to say, did you see Gabby Agbonlaho? He's, he's, uh, he's one to 11 of Villa players, nine Villa players. In two <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you were going to do, Scott, tomorrow. Right? <laughs> I'm going to struggle to be putting any Man City players in, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to try and be sensible with it. Um, but yeah, nice one, lads. Uh, Cheers, I'll see you on the next one. Nice one. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Pedro! Oh, you beauty! What a headshot!